This is the Bigger Pockets Podcast Show 386, Part 2. Actually, during COVID-19, we learned quite a bit. We learned that we can tap into other markets pretty quickly, you know, and actually pretty affordably. You're listening to Bigger Pockets Radio, simplifying real estate for investors large and small. If you're here looking to learn about real estate investing without all the hype, you're in the right place. Stay tuned and be sure to join the millions of others who have benefited from BiggerPockets.com, your home for real estate investing online. What's going on, everyone? It's Brandon Turner, host of the Bigger Pockets podcast, here with David Green for a follow up to yesterday's episode. What's up, David? What's going on? This is David Green, bodyguard to Brandon Turner and uh, suitcase <laughs> carrier at times. Bodyguard from like 2,000 miles away. Yeah, it's you're awesome. like Whitney Houston, Thank you. and I'm like Kevin Costner. Remember that movie, The Bodyguard? <laughs> I never saw it, but I just saw the song yeah, from it. That's exactly right. Yeah, so we got a great show today. We are following up with Marcus Maloney, who we just interviewed uh, a couple weeks ago. I believe I was in Hawaii when we did that. That's when we took those pictures on Instagram yeah, of us were. like rolling around on the grass in your front yard that went viral. Oh, that's right. That yeah. was then. Yeah, that was that was. Yeah, uh, Marcus gives us kind of an fun. update on what he's been up to, how he had to pivot, where he started buying, uh, what he did with the houses that he had under contract that he lost his buyers for. It's really good stuff for how he changes yeah. business when uh, the economy changes. Yeah, he's also got some good thoughts on like the rental side of things. He has some rentals. We didn't really talk a lot about it yesterday, but on today's kind of follow up episode, we do. If you didn't listen to yesterday's episode, go back and listen to that one. That's today's quick tip. Just listen to yesterday's episode. Uh, maybe before this one, though, you technically could do it in either order. But if you want to know more about who Marcus is, I'd go back to listen to yesterday's right now and then come back to this episode to learn about how COVID changed his business. This show is sponsored by Airbnb. Did you know that I turned one of my first homes into an Airbnb? It's true. And it even helped me get the extra income I needed to launch my real estate career. So if you want to try your hand at making even more income with your property, Airbnb is the place to be. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Passive income without the property headache? It's possible. There's a way to invest passively in real estate and get monthly income without any tenants, maintenance, or property management. The wealthy have been doing this for years, and if you're an accredited or high net worth investor, you too can collect cash flow without the headaches that come from owning rentals. How? By investing in a private real estate fund with PPR Capital Management. PPR's co-founder, Dave Van Horn, wrote the book on real estate note investing for BP. But he's not just investing in notes. Dave and his team also have an extensive background in commercial real estate. And with PPR Capital Management, they're strategically investing in both notes and commercial real estate nationwide. With over half a billion dollars in assets under management, PPR has provided individuals with a steady source of truly passive income since 2007 without ever missing a payment. Check them out at investwithppr.com. Again, if you're looking to get monthly passive income from an experienced team with a strong track record, go to investwithppr.com today. Remember when you had to pay to get a Leeds phone number? It was like the dark ages. Until Deal Machine made skip tracing a thing of the past. Now, with your Deal Machine plan, you'll get unlimited access to phone numbers and contact information for no extra cost. That's right. Get high quality, reliable information trusted by leading financial institutions, all fully compliant with the federal do not call list. 
Explore over 150 data points, including age, gender, marital status, occupation, and a ton more. Trust me, this is the data you need for off-market deals. With new filters, people flags, and color-coded phone numbers, lead management just got a ton easier. Ready to step up your investing game? Sign up for a Deal Machine plan today and gain immediate access to this unlimited treasure trove of contact information and phone numbers. Just head to dealmachine.com BP. Transform your lead generation and deal-making strategies with Deal Machine. Sign up today and start exploring the unlimited possibilities at dealmachine.com slash BP. All right, and with that, let's get to today's show. Let's bring in Marcus Maloney for the follow-up interview. All right, Marcus, welcome back to the Bigger Pockets podcast. How you, uh, how you been, man? Man, I've been doing pretty good. Thanks for having me again, Brandon and David. Yeah. Yeah. So last time we talked, you know, David and I were hanging out here in the sea shed in Maui and you were off in, I believe you were in the Phoenix area, right? And uh, you were investing yep. in a couple of different places. You're doing, you, you're doing a lot of stuff. Make sure every, if you're listening to this, everybody now go back and listen to yesterday's episode to learn kind of Marcus's story. But for those who weren't or won't go listen to that episode, they're like, no, screw you, Brandon. I won't take your <laughs> advice. Tell us a quick recap. Who are you and kind of your real estate niche? What do you focus on? All right, Brandon. Well, I'm a buy and hold guy, but I got started with wholesaling. We still do wholesaling also here in Phoenix, but we're primarily virtual wholesaling in different markets. One of our main markets is Chicago. And kind of during this whole COVID-19, we had to pivot a little bit. And I'm I'm sure we're going to talk about that. Um, So that's who I am, man. So I have a small portfolio that I manage outside of the Phoenix market. And we're doing deals here in Phoenix and in Chicago. All right. I love that you said that word pivot because well, let's just go into what does that mean to pivot? And, and in business, there's a lot of been a lot of good books written about pivoting. What does that mean? And why is that important? Well, pivoting is just basically knowing that the, the track that you're on and really having hindsight, seeing that something is about to change in the market or in your business industry and being able to turn, change your directions. And those who are able to pivot quicker than the others or their competitors really stay ahead of the curve and stay ahead of the game. So pivoting is just being able to have that foresight to see change coming in the industry and being able to to make that change yourself and still stay profitable. Now, I, I'm not a basketball guy, but I believe, isn't that a basketball term? I mean, David, I know you're a big basketball game guy. Marcus, are you a basketball? Isn't that a basketball yeah. term? Am yeah, yeah, yep. yep. Hear that right? just okay. change of direction. Okay. All right. So you're going to change your direction and you're going to pivot a little bit, which is what a lot of people are having to do from COVID. A good example, a buddy of mine has a bunch of vacation rentals and the COVID thing happened. And he's like, oh crap, I can't pay my my mortgages. So he pivoted quickly and started filling all his vacation rentals with emergency like health workers. And so it was a very quick pivot. Like, And, and so that's what you're talking about. And that's what we're talking about today is how you were able to pivot. So why don't we go into that? Like, how did you deal with COVID? Like what happened like during that thing? What did you see in your business? So during COVID, we were right before everything got shut down. We'd done a ton of marketing and we had a few deals that were in the pipeline that, you know, these were wholesale deals. We were, we wasn't actually one of them. We were going to do the rehab ourselves. So we was going to do the fix and flip, but with COVID, some of our lenders and some of the people that we were investing in, they kind of pulled back a little bit, you know, so they wasn't lending. And I'll give you just one quick classic example. We had a buyer on the line for one of our properties and the lender sent out an appraiser. An appraiser was appraising very, very, very conservatively. We had the ARV at 250 and he came back at 180, 185. Oh, wow. And 
due to that terrible appraisal, you know, that kind of scared the lender, scared the buyer, and they backed out. Well, what we had to do was we had to contact some of our other private lenders and say, hey, we understand what's going on in the market, but we have a slam dunk deal. Would you be interested? We vet the deal. Would you be interested in partnering with this fix and flipper that we know that has done deals with us before, has a track record? Would you mind lending to them? And they absolutely stepped up to the table and did it. And we was able to get the deal done. So that was kind of one of the ways that we pivoted by, you know, using some of our own resources, some of our private lenders to help the flippers that couldn't get those deals closed. Yeah, that's that's really smart. Because at the end of the day, it just means that, hey, like if your buyer or your buyer's lender, or whatever, like they couldn't back out, you just, rather than going, well, sucks, can't do anything. I better go and watch some TV. You're like, no, like how do we step up and overcompensate? And how do we do a better job to make sure that this product works out well? I think that's very cool. We've done Absolutely. that before in my business as well, where an appraisal comes in low on a property that we're selling and then the buyer, their, their appraisal comes in low where we'll just say, hey, we're going to give you another two weeks. You got to get another lender. And then you get another lender. The lender orders a different appraisal. Lo and behold, all of a sudden it appraises where you needed it to. And I think that there's... It seems very simple to us, but to a lot of people who aren't as experienced investing, that seems brilliant. And it it really just is born of pivoting. Okay, plan A didn't work. What's plan Mm -hmm. B? And Marcus, I think that's something you've done really, really well in your business. Do you mind sharing with us a little bit about... I, I know I'm getting you away from real estate. We'll come right back to it. But just what you feel like you went through in life that got you to think this way, where instead of saying, I can't do it, so I quit. I can't do it, so let me find another way. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it goes back to my childhood. My dad, as you guys, for those who are looking, I have a Panamanian flag up behind me. He's from Central America. And being an immigrant coming over to this country, it was always, you find a way to get it done, no matter what, you know? And that's one thing that I can say about the immigrants that I know is they never take no for an answer. You know, they always find a way, okay, if this didn't work, this has to be the answer. And he really instilled that into me and my brother when we were younger is, hey, if plan A didn't work, what's plan B? If plan B don't work, what's plan C? You know, and he would always challenge us to try and find ways for us to think outside of the box to come up with other solutions. And I just apply that in our real estate, real estate business. That's awesome. Yeah, we did an episode uh, back in the day with a guy named Diego Corzo. I think it was episode uh, 352. I mean, the guy had like, he, he was, a you know, his family, he was a dreamer. You know, they call him the dreamers, right? So they came in, his parents yeah. were, moved here uh, when he was just a little kid. He had no driver's license and he was like taking a bike to work to work every day. And he'd put on like a suit and tie and try to like build his like web design business. Like it was just like, it was such a ridiculous story in such a good way. Cause it's like, this guy had every reason to not make it as a successful yep. anything. And yet he just kept saying, yeah, exactly what you said. He just kept pushing going, no, okay, that plan A didn't work. Let's go to plan B. Let's go to plan C. Let's go to plan B. How, how, what about somebody who let's say is listening to the show and they are not that way. They are not they're not an, you know, they don't have that immigrant mentality of like, I'm going to make it work no matter what. Is there any suggestions you have for people developing that? I know it's a hard question, but how does somebody develop that grit uh, to stick through things? You know what? I I start with discipline, Brandon, and it's the small things that you have to start with. So each day, you know, if you say I'm going to wake up at five o'clock in the morning, then that's what you set yourself to do is each day at five o'clock in the morning, I'm up, you know, and then at seven o'clock, if this is your time for meditation and prayer or something like that, then that's what you do at seven o'clock. So it's that 
building that internal determination and that internal discipline in order to then that helps spawn that grit because then you start seeing, okay, well, if I can be consistent in these small areas, I can be consistent in these larger areas and I'll find a way to get it done. And not only that, you'll start attracting people that have that similar mentality and you can feed off of their energy as well. That's so good. Yeah. How, what is like the quote? How you, how you do anything is how you do everything. Yep. Like yep. people wonder why they can't succeed in business. And I'm like, well, did you, 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 you lied to yourself this morning with what time you're going to wake up. You lied to yourself about eating a healthy breakfast and you had, you know, marshmallows in your cereal. Like, like <laughs> yep. stop lying to yourself. Start treating yourself as like a respectable person that you wouldn't lie to. Uh, that discipline is, is huge. Yep. Yep. That's, I mean, that's one of the key things I would say in, any business, especially being an entrepreneur. And sometimes we have a lot of solopreneurs, so you don't have anybody that's over your back, you know, saying, okay, at this time you have to do this one, two, and three. And that's why some employee mentality, people just can't make it as a entrepreneurs because they don't have that discipline. Yeah. Yeah. Cause they were just used to like, you know, they go to work and if their boss doesn't tell them what to do, they sit down and play on their phone until their boss tells them what to do or whatever. Yeah. It's like that Exactly. Like yeah. Brandon, that's such a good point. I'm, I'm working on a new book for bigger pockets right now, specifically for real estate agents, because there's not very good training for agents. And I was thinking about what is one of the things that makes it hard for real estate agents to succeed. But really, it applies to anybody who's getting into any form of entrepreneurial or independent contractor business. It's not mm-hmm. just being an agent. Anything where you don't have a boss telling you, go do this, most people struggle with because your mind is like conditioned to think a certain way. So agents go to the office and they sit there in an office all day and it tricks you into thinking you're working and so you're getting paid, but you're not getting paid just yeah. being there, right? Yep. As investors, we're working when we're on our on our computer, answering emails, making calls, but you're not making money unless you're putting something in contract. That's really what the good entrepreneurs understand. So part of being successful in real estate investing is understanding that your mindset of the employee is getting in the way. employees don't really have to solve problems very often. Something goes wrong and they raise their hand and say, supervisor, there's a problem, go deal with it. And then they cover their butt. So they're okay. You don't really have to figure out how to do something when you're an employee. It's usually somebody else's job. You just focus on staying your little lane that you're in. And then you get in this world of real estate investing and you are a business owner. Every problem is your problem. Everything could require a solution that could make you a whole bunch of money. It's a completely different world. And a lot of people are drawn to it because they like the freedom of it, which is a great reason to be drawn to it. But with that freedom, you have to understand you're taking responsibility. There's not other people that come fix stuff for you. When the appraisal comes in low, when the rehab's not going well, when the tenant trashes the house, or when you can't find the tenant that you thought, all of that is your responsibility to fix. And that's why we talk so often about mindset, because a lot of people want the quick answer. Well, just tell me what I'm supposed to do. That's an employee way of thinking. What does yeah. the manual say? When this happens, I'm supposed to do that. And their mind's looking for the solution that's worked in the past. But in this world, there isn't a quick answer. It's different for everything. You have to take the principle that we're teaching and apply it to the solution. And one way that screwed up a lot of people was COVID-19. It was different, right? It was like oh. you're an employee and you worked at this company and then new management came in and they do everything different. And you just you can't figure out what you're supposed to do. So I'd like to know, Marcus, what are some of the ways that you specifically had to pivot your business and how did you come up with the solutions that you did? So one one thing that I look at, David, is too much is given, much is required. So a lot of people want a lot of a lot of stuff. They want to see, they want to reach that end goal, but they're not willing to put in that work, 
you know, that discipline work. So some of the things that we had to do in pivoting is here in Phoenix, the price point for homes, you know, $300,000 and above. Well, in Chicago, you can acquire some properties at $40,000, $50,000. So what we did to pivot was we focused more so in that Chicago, that Midwest market, because the risk was a little bit lower. So instead of, you know, being on a hook for a deal that's going to cost you $400,000, we said, hey, we'll be on a hook for a deal that cost us $100,000. Can we make the same profit on a $400,000 house versus $100,000? Absolutely. You know, so we took that mindset of instead of playing in our own backyard, let's pivot and start looking at some of these things that we can do over here, still make the same amount of money, but we just had a few different things that we had to work out. I love that because I've, I've noticed the pattern that coastal markets, like the West coast and the East coast overall, they tend to shoot up in price and then crash down really hard. There's very, there's a lot of undulation. Whereas Midwest markets and Undu- some of the undulation. South. Yeah, this guy tell is, me about that. <laughs> I, I clearly prepared for this podcast today. I don't know about you guys, but uh, I, I showed undulation. up. Wow. I need a race. So yeah. <laughs> Midwest markets, they, they're kind of just flatlining. I don't know a fancy word for flatlining, right? Yep. But what you're saying makes a lot of sense because when there's risk, it makes sense to move to the market that's going to be less risk, less reward. When, there's, when it's less risky, then you go to the markets where you can get a bigger profit. And that is a very simple principle that makes a very big impact on how safe your business is run. I love that. Yeah. And that's just one of the things that we had to do. So we looked at that. So we pivoted most of our marketing to the Midwest. And then also what we did was we had some, some, some lenders that really wanted to do business with us. Well, at the time we wasn't really focusing on a lot of fixing and flipping in that market, but we had these lenders that were sitting on the side, you know, raising their hand saying, Hey, you know what, how can we work with you? How can we work with you? So when we had some of these deals that were kind of falling apart due to lending concerns, And that's when I picked up the phone and I called some of these private lenders and said, hey, you know, you've been wanting to work with me during the good times. There is some little challenging times right now, but if you can work with us through these times, then the good times would be even better. So we brought them to the table and they worked with some of our end buyers on some of those deals. Were they a little skittish at first because they wasn't working directly with us on the fix and flip? Absolutely. But we eased those concerns, letting them know that, hey, here's what we have on this property. Here's the specs. Here's the ARV. Here's the amount of work that we had our contractor to go through and see. So what you're getting, what you're lending on is something that we personally vetted. So at the end of the day, um, they felt comfortable and putting their cash up, you know, with the fix and flipper to get the deal done. Now you've been investing for a number of years now. So you've got these, you know, contacts you've made of these potential private lenders. Now, some people listening to the show right now are going, Whoa, I, I want that. I want somebody that I can just call up and be like, Hey, I need your money and they'll just give it to you. <laughs> yeah. How do you how do you get there? How does somebody who's listening to this, how do you start getting that network, that building that relationship with private lenders? Yep. So one thing I do want to tell people, just like we was talking about, it takes time to build those relationships. You know, things don't happen overnight. For, exa- for example, with me, I've been blogging on Bigger Pockets for almost eight years now. So yeah. in the beginning, it was a struggle. I was like, nobody's reading my content. Nobody's looking at my YouTube videos and things like that. But then it start picking up steam. So it goes back to discipline and back to consistency. So for someone that's looking to really start building that rapport with hard money lenders and private lenders, 
you just have to get out there and you have to be consistent at what you're doing. So if you're a fix and flipper, document, let people know exactly what you're doing. Share it on YouTube, share it on Facebook, on Twitter, everywhere, and let people know what, what you're doing. And then also you have to pick up the phone and you have to contact people, get out of your comfort zone, go to some of these real meetings and things like that and let people yeah. know exactly who you are and what you're doing. That's so good. You know, I, the more you talk, the more I'm like, that's what I'm writing in this book. And I'm almost thinking instead of writing a book for agents, I should just write a book for anyone who's a salesperson or an independent contractor. How do you yeah. make money? Because that's so right. Like Brandon, how many times have you noticed that in so many of the businesses that we mortgage lending, real estate agent, wholesaler, house flipper, contractor, that the successful people are the ones that are talking all the time about what they're doing and what they're looking yep. for. All the time. Yeah. Yep. It's and because, I, go ahead, go ahead. Marcus. And one quick, one quick thing, Brandon, and I speak of consistency because I was doing these Facebook lives and I mean, I was getting absolutely nobody. I mean, yeah. no guests, you know, no visitors, no views or anything like that. And I was like, you know what? I'm just going to keep doing it. I'm going to keep doing it. And then all of a sudden I started sharing it. Me and my uh, assistant started sharing it. And now we have a, we have a pretty strong following. And it, it was just because during those times when I didn't think that it was working, it started working later on down the line. Well, two two points on that. First one, uh, I, I'm I'm also because David and I are competing, sort of. We're both writing separate books right now. I think uh, I'm writing a multifamily <laughs> right now. So in the book, I just talk about this 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 section, and I actually talk about burn. I think I learned this actually from you, David. One of the benefits that you talk about. So I I just stole your idea and put it in my book. So thank you. I talk. Well, I think I relabeled it and made it sound better. So here you go. It's called the learn. It's called the do learn repeat cycle. All right. So the idea is the one of the reasons Burr is so powerful is because it allows you to do more deals. Even if you were making less money initially, and this also applies to like lending, like why would you pay all cash for a property versus you know lending, uh, getting a loan? It's the more frequency you can do, the faster you do that like do, learn, repeat cycle. You do something, you learn from it, you do it again. You do something, you learn, you do it again. And every time you repeat that cycle, you get better and better. So if you do one deal every eight years because you have to spend eight years saving up for your money, that do learn repeat cycle is very, very slow. I should write a book called do learn repeat. I'm doing it. So <laughs> this idea, and, and I'll credit David for the idea. See David, I'm a nice guy. Anyway, the same thing applies to like, I guess the planting seeds where I want to go with that. This idea of like the content you produce now, you, the Facebook live, the Instagram live, the, the social network, that stuff might not give you any results now when you first write a blog post or when you first start going to RIA meetings, that, the same thing as applies there. Or if you're going to host a local real real estate club, like in the beginning, it is more important that you develop that do learn repeat cycle over and over and over so that down the roads, down the road, those seeds have grown into trees, right? Like, like yeah, you're going to do it 50 times and have nobody show up. I mean, my first webinars, my first like year of doing webinars at Bigger Pockets back like five years ago were just so bad. The first podcast, don't go back and listen to the early episodes of the Bigger Pockets <laughs> podcast. They were awful, right? But every episode we'd learn and then we'd repeat it and we'd do it again and we'd learn and repeat it. So anyway, I like that point you made there about like, just put yourself out there, start building the relationships now for the networking and the context you're going to need five years from now. Yep, like that's, absolutely. that's what I hear you saying. Yeah. It's, it's start doing it now. And us having this conversation really is a, is the fruit of those seeds that I planted five or six years ago, yep. writing blogs, because I said, yep. Hey, I'm one day I'm going to, I'm going to get on and I'm going to be able to talk to Brandon and 
be on a podcast. And now, hey, it took me five, six years, but I'm here. You know, and that's what I tell people is you don't have to always look for that instant gratification. You have to go through the trenches. And when you learn, when you go through the trenches, then you begin to respect, you know, the profession and the craft that you're in. Yeah. People want to eat apples from, watch this analogy, David, and I'll let you take it. People want to eat apples from their apple trees that they never planted, right? They want, they want to enjoy the apples from the apple trees that they never planted. That is a quote. You can, you can put that on Instagram right there. So this is what Brandon does really well is he takes other people's ideas and makes them better. Our friendship works this way, Marcus. I'm basically like the toasted oats, like Cheerios that aren't really Cheerios, right? Just a big bag that says toasted oats of white bag with black letters. And then Brandon comes along. He's like, Ooh, I like this. And he puts the B on it and he gets like these cool colors. He calls them honey nut Cheerios. All the kids love it. He puts a cool toy in the box and then he gets all the credit. And I'm just like toasted oats, generic Dave over here. That's exactly. What it's like all the time, but I learned a lot from him from how he does things. His style. Um, <laughs> you're really good, Brandon. And here's the thing: I oh, bet you, Brandon, you. was not that good at doing this when he first started. He I had bet to I do, will, uh, do what was it? Learn, do, repeat. Do learn, do learn, repeat. There you go. Yeah. Do learn, repeat your way to excellence. And then I would add on: what happens is it becomes do learn, repeat, teach, scale. Then, mm. then you get to learn the new thing. See, this is yeah. your analogy of all the bridges that people build and you're yeah. trying to build a bridge from California to Hawaii and you're building 20 bridges at once. You can build more than one, but wait until you finish the first bridge. Do, yep. learn, yep. repeat, teach someone else. Now they're doing it for you. Scale where several people are doing it, then go build your next bridge. And that's, you know, that gets into the systems that we're all creating. Remember when you had to pay to get a lead's phone number? It was like the dark ages until Deal Machine made skip tracing a thing of the past. Now, with your Deal Machine plan, you'll get unlimited access to phone numbers and contact information for no extra cost. That's right. Get high quality, reliable information trusted by leading financial institutions, all fully compliant with the federal do not call list. Explore over 150 data points, including age, gender, marital status, occupation, and a ton more. Trust me, this is the data you need for off-market deals. With new filters, people flags, and color-coded phone numbers, lead management just got a ton easier. Ready to step up your investing game? Sign up for a Deal Machine plan today and gain immediate access to this unlimited treasure trove of contact information and phone numbers. Just head to dealmachine.com BP. Transform your lead generation and deal-making strategies with Deal Machine. Sign up today and start exploring the unlimited possibilities at dealmachine.com slash BP. This show is sponsored by Airbnb. Did you know that a long time ago, before I ever started my real estate business, I turned one of my first primary residences into an Airbnb? And that's the extra income that I needed from Airbnb that gave me the confidence to go out and work for myself and eventually quit my 9-to-5 job. And now I have dozens of Airbnbs all over the country. I've even partnered up with the old David Green on a recent property in Scottsdale to take our portfolio to the next level. And of course, we host it on Airbnb. But you don't need to be a full-time real estate investor to start on Airbnb. As a matter of fact, I was self-managing 10 properties while working my 9-to-5 job, so I know anybody can do it. Think about it this way. You're looking for extra income and going on a vacation. Wouldn't it be great to rent out your space and let your property pay for itself while you're gone? I did this one time. I pitched my wife and my roommate because we were house hacking on the idea of renting out our home, and it paid for all of our expenses on a trip to Mexico City. So go and give it a try. It might just change your life just like it did mine. And I really do mean that. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. 
You're trying to close on your next rental, so why is your insurance company dragging its feet? With long lead times and never-ending paper forms, it's no wonder it takes forever to finally get a policy. Modern investors deserve better. They deserve Steadily.com. At Steadily.com, you'll get fast, affordable landlord insurance available online 24-7 in just a few clicks. You can even get next-day coverage, which takes just minutes, by the way, to obtain. And you can do it all from your phone. Steadily was founded by landlords who created insurance products tailored to the unique needs of this industry. It's their sole focus, and that's why landlords nationwide consistently rate them 4.8 out of 5 stars. So whether you've got a single-family, short-term, or multifamily portfolio, Steadily.com can secure the best coverage at the best price to protect your properties. Discover how Steadily can save you both time and money on your rental property insurance. Visit Steadily.com for a commitment-free quote tailored to your needs today. You're trying to close on your next rental, so why is your insurance company dragging its feet? With long lead times and never-ending paper forms, it's no wonder it takes forever to finally get a policy. Modern investors deserve better. They deserve Steadily.com. At Steadily.com, you'll get fast, affordable landlord insurance available online 24-7 in just a few clicks. You can even get next-day coverage, which takes just minutes, by the way, to obtain. And you can do it all from your phone. Steadily was founded by landlords who created insurance products tailored to the unique needs of this industry. It's their sole focus, and that's why landlords nationwide consistently rate them 4.8 out of 5 stars. So whether you've got a single-family, short-term, or multifamily portfolio, Steadily.com can secure the best coverage at the best price to protect your properties. Discover how Steadily can save you both time and money on your rental property insurance. Visit Steadily.com for a commitment-free quote tailored to your needs today. And uh, Marcus, you're kind of in the middle of that. For people that want to follow in your footsteps, what was the one thing that you felt like when I figured out how to do this part right, my business really took it to the next level? You know what? I'll I'll give you, I'll give you two answers to that. Uh, One was internal. Uh, One was just my internal self-confidence, you know, because I was just so fearful. I was so scared that I was going to make a mistake. I was so scared that I was going to do things wrong to where it took me so long in order to do step one to where I just didn't have that confidence, you know? So I just want to tell the listeners, don't, worry about having all of the answers. Don't worry about having every tool in your toolbox. Start with what you have. If you have a hammer, start with that. You know, start with the hammer. You'll go and find a nail. You'll go and find the wood, so on and so forth. So it was really the first thing was internal. I had to get out of my own way. And then secondly, because I started building that self-confidence, then I was able to go out and find strategic partnerships to where I didn't have to try and do it all on my own. So it was getting out of my own way, having that self-confidence and then finding the right people, you know, that can really push me along my path a lot further. And that was really just getting out there again, networking, still have to have that education, still have to sit, sit behind a computer for hours and learn and learn, get on webinars and, and things like that. But that was basically the two things. Awesome. Really good stuff, man. All right. Well, what do you see going in the future now? I mean, like, what do you see happening with the next few months? I mean, I'm not going to have a crystal ball, but where do you see your business headed? Are you going to keep doing what you're doing? Are you going to keep pivoting? And what does lead gen look like in the future as well? I'm curious that. So, Okay. So some of the things that we're going to do actually during COVID-19, we learned quite a bit. We learned that we can tap into other markets pretty yeah. quickly 
you know, and actually pretty affordably. So we're going to look at looking into more markets in the Midwest versus staying on the coastal city. So the Indianapolis, St. Louis, Chicago, those those metros. Uh, so really just pivoting with our marketing and looking at those areas and building relationship in those areas. So if anybody is in the Midwest, you know, reach out to us and uh, we can definitely That's help cool. you out and get you started, you know, in, in real estate investing. That's awesome. Very cool. All right. Well, I guess that's probably about what I got to go. I, I guess there's one more topic I want to cover because you also own some rentals and we didn't talk a lot about yep. them last time, but what's COVID done to your rental properties and what have you changed or pivoted or adapted during this time? What have you seen? Well, you know what, Brandon, we've been pretty stable. I mean, we don't have a large portfolio, so it's not like we have hundreds of thousands of units, but the units that we do have, we were pretty consistent on keeping our tenants abreast of what's going on. Um, we had one tenant, I'll give you an example. We had one tenant, perfect tenant, excellent tenant, always paid rent on time, actually paid rent early. And she worked for Bed Bath & Beyond and she gave the property manager a call and she was like, hey, you know what? I paid my rent up two months. I know I can live out for at least these two months, but this is really becoming a headache and it's you know, additional stress in my life. Is there any way that I can break my lease because I won't be able to pay? And I talked to the property manager and I told her, I said, look, <clears throat> what we can do is if we can find a tenant in her stead before the month is over, I'll refund her the rent that she paid in advance. That way it can help her move. She was going to move with a family member. So that way she can have something to bring to the table. And with that being said, the property manager agreed. She was able to move. We were able to get someone in the uh, rental and we refunded her the that credit, that rent credit, instead of just hoarding on to that to that rent, you know, it wasn't going to make or break us, but it was going to make or break her. So we said, you know what, we'll pay it forward here. Here's the return of your June rent. And we gave that back to her and she was definitely happy. And that's what we're all about is just making sure, you know, our tenants, the people that we do business with definitely enjoy doing business with us. Yeah. Very cool. How do you guys feel about telling your tenants up front? Here's your lease. This is the way it works. However, if you ever need to break it, this is what we'll do. Don't trash my house. Give me notice. Let me find another tenant. And if I find one, I'll let you out early without penalty. And if I don't find another tenant, then I'm going to hold you to it. Uh, I, I haven't crossed that bridge, but I, that's a good idea. The only thing that I'm fearful about is you're giving that tenant an out. Normally what we do is you can start seeing a track record of a tenant. They'll start paying rent late things like that. That's when you step up to the table and you had a conversation and you say, Hey, you know what? We noticed that you've been paying your rent late. Is there anything that we should be concerned about or anything that we should know? That way we can try and help you out before it gets to a place where we have to do an eviction. Then that mm -hmm. eviction is tied to your name and now you won't be able to rent anywhere. So let's have that conversation up front and see how we can help versus going through that whole eviction process. Brandon, what do you think? It's kind of like that conversation you and I had, I think you and I had it the other day about like as is, you know, like, like when you sell a property and you say, like, let's say you're going to sell a property and then you're debating back and forth and negotiating with the, with the buyer. And then the buyer says, I'll pay you a million dollars. You say, fine, but that's as is. We're talking about how like the entire phrase as is is completely irrelevant because like, 
And people use it. Mar, mar, I mean, agents use it all the time. And I hear investors use it. It's completely ridiculous because like, okay, so let's say I say as is. And then two weeks later, you come back to me and be like, well, I know I was going to buy your property, but we just found this like nasty, you know, infestation. So we're walking unless you, unless you pay for it. And I can be like, no, I, I, I said as is. And you're like, well, sorry, I know, but I, rules change. So in other words, it's completely non-binding and, and, and whatever. That's kind of how I see this situation is like, you could always add it later. You could always tell people later, Hey, if you want out of your lease, you know, if, just, you know, cause somebody asked you, you can say, yeah, sure. Here's what I want you to do. Don't trash my yep. unit. But by proactively doing it ahead of time, you just like show all your cards ahead of time to everybody yeah. versus the ones that you need it. I guess that's my, I guess thought. my thoughts were if you have a tenant who gets a new job, they're moving out of state. They, they're, they're going to move. They're going to break their lease. If they, if you don't tell them that, then they're going to wait till the very last minute, tell you three days before they're gone, you're going to spend mm-hmm. 30 days finding a new tenant. If they know they have a chance, Hey, if I give him enough notice, he can advertise it and find another person. It benefits me because I'm not going to be held to yeah. pay the, the, the damages. You're more likely to have them give you the heads up. But if you don't find a tenant, they're still on there's what is the word I'm trying to say? They're still on the hook. They still got to right. pay the, the money that they would have to pay. Yeah. Do, a, is there a downside to that? I think it's I think it's all your communication with the with the tenant and your rapport and relationship with the tenant. Most people want to do right, you know. Albeit you have some people out here that are just sickos and crazy, but most people yeah. want to do right. And if you do right by them, then they'll return that gesture. And nine times out of ten, they'll do right by you. So if you consistently make any repairs to the unit, you know, or anything like that, then they'll let you know, hey, because I went through that situation. I had a guy, you know, just kind of moved into a tenant, uh, into the property, been there for about four months. And he was like, hey, you know what? I had an excellent opportunity. I need to move, but I'm not moving for, you know, another 45 days. How can we handle this? And I said, hey, you know what? It's, It's better for you to let me know up front and we can make provisions and handle it then. And, that, and that's exactly what we did. But if you're one of those, those landlords that don't fix anything, you know, when they call, you don't answer, then naturally they're not going to have that, that same respect for you. So it's not going to be reciprocated and they are just going to leave in the middle of the night. Yeah. Yeah. It's it, side note yeah. as is, is exactly what Brandon said. Don't, that is one of the most like biggest scams in the real estate industry as is means nothing, right? Like if you have a contingency in the contract that lets you back out and, or you didn't put a deposit down, you can tell them anything you want. What you do is you just say, yeah, I told you as is, I'm not buying the house. Well, why not? Because there's a plumbing leak. Oh, well, what can we do? You can give me three grand. Now as is means nothing. (laughs) Yeah. That's how that works. So don't (laughs) fall for this. Like it it reminds me of like when you're a little kid and you say like jinx or something like that. And you think (laughs) like, that's like, it's going to work on a grown up. Like they're, Oh, he said shotgun. I don't get to sit in the front. Your dad doesn't care. He's putting you in the back. It doesn't matter (laughs) if you said as is or not. (laughs) Yeah. Yep. Yep. Just like crossing your fingers. Yeah, there you go. But my fingers were crossed. The judge yep. doesn't care. Exactly, exactly. Oh, funny. Hey, hey, Marcus, uh, before we go, I know we don't need to redo the whole, you know, uh, famous fork. We just did it yesterday on yesterday's show. But anything you've been reading or consuming lately that you want to recommend? Anything you've been like, again, whether it's reading a book, watching something that you've just been learning from or any uh, educational stuff that people should check into? Yeah, man. You know what? I'm, I'm speaking about Pivot a lot. As you can see behind me, I got Jenny Blake's book Pivot up there and I started reading it right before COVID, you know, so it was perfect timing. So guys going through this, going through this time with COVID-19 and everything else like that, pick up the book, you know, $12, read it, 
it's good. It's strategic on how to shift, you know, your thinking and shift, you know, what you're doing. And if you're coming from the corporate world or a W-2 employee, it helps you shift that mindset to being a uh, entrepreneur. Yeah. Awesome, man. Yeah. And side note, if you guys want to learn more about appraisals, if we didn't mention this episode 382, we did with Josiah Smelser. He is a real estate investor and an appraiser, and he gives some really good behind the scenes information about how appraisals work and how to talk to an appraiser. It, it, to me, it felt like we were talking to a guy that used to work for the IRS and we're like, okay, how do you put your taxes together in a way that you won't get in trouble? That's what that episode felt (laughs) like. So definitely go check that one out too. There's some good tips there. I like it. All right, dude. Well, thank you so much, Marcus, for being on the show again today. And uh, again, if you did not listen to Marcus's first episode, go listen to yesterday's episode where he tells you his story. It's got a lot of really great tips and and really fun uh, lessons and stories in there. So go check it out right now, everybody. And we'll end with this. Marcus, where can people connect with you? Where can they find out more about you? My YouTube channel, youtube.com slash MRCS Maloney. You can find me on social media everywhere. My handle is MRCS Maloney or my website, MarcusEMaloney.com. All right, Marcus, thank you so much. This has been fantastic. Appreciate you a lot. And thank you for all the good advice you've been putting out on the Bigger Pockets community for years. We, I know you've benefited thousands of people you've helped. So thanks. Well, thank you so much, Brandon. Thank you, David. Thank you, Kevin. Guys, always remember to enjoy the journey no matter where that journey takes you. All right, man. Thank you. All right. This is David Green for Brandon. Do learn, repeat, Turner. Signing off. You're listening to Bigger Pockets Radio, simplifying real estate for investors large and small. If you're here looking to learn about real estate investing without all the hype, you're in the right place. Be sure to join the millions of others who have benefited from BiggerPockets.com, your home for real estate investing online. The market is changing and finding your way can be tricky. Rates shift, headlines whirl, but your goal hasn't changed. You want financial freedom and the best investors know it's not about timing the market. It's about time in the market. If you're ready to get into the real estate investing game or take your game to the next level, finding an investor-friendly agent is your next step. With BiggerPockets Agent Finder, you can find the right agent in minutes. Just head to biggerpockets.com deals and enter a few details about what and where you want to buy and bam, instantly match with an investor-friendly agent who fits the bill. These local market experts can help you navigate the neighborhoods, analyze the numbers, and take action with confidence once and for all. This free resource is only available at biggerpockets.com deals. Get an agent, get the deal, and get closer to financial freedom at biggerpockets.com deals. That's biggerpockets.com deals to find your investor-friendly agent today. The content of this podcast is for informational purposes only. Past performance is not indicative of future results, and all hosts and participant opinions are their own. Investment in any asset, real estate included, involves risk. Use your best judgment and consult with qualified advisors before investing. Only risk capital you can afford to lose. BiggerPockets LLC disclaims all liability for direct, indirect, consequential, or other damages arising from reliance upon information presented in this podcast.